message. This morning I want to share from the book of Ephesians. I'm not going to preach today. I'm going to teach. Is that all right? I can do both. I can write with my left hand and I can throw a ball with my right hand. I'm pretty talented that way. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 1, beginning of verse 3, and you'll have the scriptures. And I believe you've got the New King James. Okay, and I'm sorry, I'm reading out of the NIV, but that's all right. You, you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. And so, beginning of verse 3, there's some things that the Apostle Paul is sharing to the church. And I'm speaking to the church today. I'm speaking to the body of Christ. And sometimes we need to be reminded of who we are and where we are. Because life has a way of throwing things at us that causes us to forget who we are and to forget where we are. Our position in Christ. And so today I want to share from these scriptures uh, to help us. And I, I love Ephesians. I love the way Paul laid this out. I love the way he's sharing with the church some of the great truths that we hold on to. Verse 3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head even Christ. I'm going to stop there for a few moments. I will be sharing the rest up to verse 14. But I want to kind of give an introduction today as to the, the writings of Paul to this church. Now, this church was a great church at one time. But if you read further on in Revelation, you'll find that this is a church that lost their first love. All these things that Paul is sharing, but yet coming to a place of losing something. But here he says, praise be to the God, verse 3 again, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has. Now, how many of you know the word has means something that's already happened? He's not saying he will bless us, but he has already blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now, here's the thing. I love asking this question. Because our answers are so limited. Because of tradition, because of religion, because of our own faith, experience in Christ. But how many of you can name all the blessings in Christ? Think about it. We can name a few. Salvation. Healing. Peace, joy, we can go all through the familiar ones. But here, Paul writes this, he says, we have been, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now, you say, well, that's good, that's in heaven. 
Right? That's how we would interpret that. Well, no. All the blessings that we've been blessed with in the heavenly realms fits us because we are seated with Christ in the heavenlies. Hello? That's our position. Some of you need to remind yourself. My position is in Christ. That's your position. In Christ. So in Christ, I'm seated with Christ in the heavenlies. But I'm also blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So we look at that and we see, you know, sometimes the church believers walking around as if they are spiritually poor. No joy. Let's stick stick with the basics this morning. No joy. No peace. No victory. Always struggling with life. It's like, I got saved, but I traded my sins for a new set of sorrows. You follow me? And that's not the way Christ intended it. That's not the way God's plan was or what God's plan is for us. But we have been blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. This is the day where I believe every born-again believer is going to have to figure it out. That we're not a cursed people as a body of Christ. We have responsibilities. Number one, to God, to His Word. But we are not a cursed people. We are a blessed people. Now, this would have been a good place to say amen real loud. We are a blessed people. Okay, We're not cursed. But the body of Christ walks around as if it's been cursed by God. God doesn't love me. God doesn't care for me. I don't feel His presence. He must be mad at me and so forth. Listen. We are blessed. Those of you who are parents will probably be able to understand this a little more. That if you consider your children blessed, it doesn't matter what they do. They're still blessed. My kids are very blessed to have a father like me. Hello? Let's throw that out there for free. Now think about it. We are blessed to have a father like him. And we, he is a, he is a God that doesn't demand torture, doesn't demand, you know, bondage, doesn't demand slavery, but all he asks for is our obedience and our response to his word, to his blessing. So I am blessed in Christ with not just some of the blessings, but with every blessing. You are blessed in Christ with every blessing. Let's start notifying ourselves that we're blessed. Years ago, an old course, I'm not going to sing it, but it would say simply, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. I mean, we need to be reminded we're blessed. You know, I know there are things upon the earth, and there's judgment, and there's doom, and there's people preaching doom and judgment to the church. Listen, it ain't happening. If you read the book, you find out that the church is not being doomed. The church is going up. The church is going to be brought into the presence of God eventually. We are blessed by God. The world is being judged. Hello? Wickedness is being judged. Even we at times have to judge ourselves if our lives aren't lining up with the Word. But in Christ, how many of you are in Christ? Raise your hand. We are blessed. With every spiritual blessing, not just a few. You know, have you ever been to a store looking to, or hoping to find something and you get there and you can't find it? I mean, we've all done that. 
And then we jump around to another store. And we go here until finally we find it or we order it online. Hello? You find everything online. But in Christ, I don't have to worry about a shortage. I don't have to worry that, you know, this blessing that I need, He ran out of last night. Every spiritual blessing. I want to teach this to you. I want you to see this word again as we realize who we are. For He chose us, verse 4, in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. The purpose of God. He chose us. We know that. How many of you have ever chosen something before you knew what it was going to look like? Husbands, how many of you chose your bride before you ever saw her? That would be a scary thing in our culture, right? We don't do that in our culture. Some cultures do that. But He chose us. But He chose us for a purpose. He didn't just select me. He didn't just select you. But He selected us for a purpose. And this is it. To be holy and blameless in His sight. The Christian walk is not just a joyride. But it's a responsibility. As I shared, you know, there, there are some principles in the Word of God that will help us live the blessed life. It's not just simply coming to church once a week and having a good time of praise and worship and then everything's going to be alright. It's how do we live Monday through Saturday? How do we live the rest of the week? How do we conduct ourselves? To be holy and blameless in His sight. And He goes on, in love... He predestined us to be adopted as His sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will. God's got a will. And in His will, He chose us. In His will, He predestined us to be His sons. Women, His sons. Sons and daughters. It's a purpose of God that every one of us can get to be part of the family of God. So, for His pleasure and for His will. I want you to get that word pleasure. If you've studied anything about cultures in the world, history of man, you'll find out that every culture has a deity or deities that they worship or submit to. We as Christians submit to God because of Jesus Christ. But other deities in the world who are not gods, but they're God's fashion in the minds and in the hearts of men, always require sacrifice, life, blood, in order for the people to feel somewhat accepted in the Christian culture Our God does not demand the shedding of my blood. He sent His Son to take care of that. Think about it. No other God has sent their Son. Because number one, they're not real to begin with. But our God sent His Son to die for us. Because He had a will and because of His pleasure. How many of you have done something for pleasure? We all have. If you haven't, you lived a boring life. <laughs> I mean, you know, some people work for pleasure. They need prayer, but, you know, they, they still do it. They're, they're happy. 
know, every one of us have these things that we do, and we find pleasure in them. God, because of His pleasure, predestined us to be His sons, to be His children. It was in the plan of God, before the creation of the world, that you and I be here today. You and I be serving God. Now, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell a little secret about me. I don't know if I'd have picked some of us. <laughs> don't look at me like that. You're thinking the same thing. I mean, we have our list, our criteria. You know, everybody's got to meet a certain criteria in order to be welcomed into my circle. Hello? You know what I'm talking about, right? I don't like the way they look. I don't like the way they dress. I don't like the way they talk. I don't like what they believe. We have our list. And so, you know, I think, why would God choose me before the foundations of the world? Of course, we know that with God there's no time. God saw something in man. I've shared this before in many messages that I preach when it comes to the cross and the love of God. Jesus Christ gave Himself for every one of us with no guarantees that any one of us would serve Him. How many of you would be willing to sacrifice your life for the hope that people would be blessed or made different because of your sacrifice? No guarantees now. Think about that. Jesus laid down His life. But this is all in the plan of God. For His pleasure. Now I want you to see this. You know, God is not mad at you. I'm going to share it again. God is not mad at you. God loves you. Are you perfect? Well, in Christ you are. But, you know, that's a place spiritually... How many know have you know we have the flesh to deal with, the attitudes of the flesh. We are not perfect, but yet God still loves me. Isn't that amazing? How many of you love yourself when you fail? I mean, really, you really beat yourself up. If you mess up, oh, there's only one person that fails here outside of me, so uh, thank you for your honesty, sir. We've all messed up, and sometimes we just beat ourselves. Now there's a responsibility. If I mess up. But God still loves me. God cannot stop loving me. I want you to hear this. God cannot stop loving you. It is not in His nature to stop loving. Why? Because God is love. So, it's, it's our responsibility to begin to position ourselves to live lives holy and blameless. In God's sight, because of all the things that He's done for us. I've got to hurry on here, because I'll be here all afternoon. Verse 7. In Him we have received, or excuse me, we have redemption through His blood. We have been redeemed. Now, that word redemption has a lot of meaning. Has a lot of truth. Redemption. How many have ever been to a redemption center? We all have. He has redeemed us through the blood of Christ. He does not throw us back in. 
He has redeemed us. He's taken the blood of Christ. Christ offered His blood so that I could be bought. God is not going to the service counter or the service desk to return us. This is simple truth. But some Christians today, maybe not here in this region, but I know probably in the county or in Bangor area, believe that sometimes God walks away from us. That's not the Word of God. So we find the redemption. We find forgiveness of sins. Now I want you to say this. In accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding and He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure. Again, and, my, and, and what I'm reading, what does it say there? Which He had purposed in Himself His good pleasure. So when we see the plan of God unfold, we see that God Himself, according to the grace of God. Now, grace is, is a, a misunderstood doctrine in our culture, in our Christian culture. There's hyper-grace. There's Christians who believe that because of grace, that now that I'm born again, I'm not too concerned about the life that I live. If I continue to live a sinful life, it doesn't matter because I've been forgiven and I don't have to repent anymore. That's a false teaching. If I sin, I do repent. I don't want to abuse the grace of God. Some people believe that Christians do not have to, and I shared that a couple of weeks ago, do not have to repent. Well, read the book of Revelation. When the Lord spoke to the seven churches, five of them were commanded to repent. Five were told to repent. So, But people abuse grace. They think it's a license to sin. It's not a license to sin. It is a privilege to enjoy. The grace of God. We had a meeting for our school of ministry this past week, and we were talking about grace because it's one of the subjects that had been taught. And and one of the the instructors said this way: <clears throat> Grace is a good girl, not a prostitute. I thought that'll preach for a while. <laughs> that'll preach for a while. And then yesterday they sent me an email of an 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 addition to what they had just said, and I thought this is good stuff. But we treat grace like a prostitute. Grace is a good girl to be respected, to be honored. And so when we look at the grace of God, listen, He lavished His grace upon us. Now, I've got to be careful with this question. How many of you, I'll speak to the husbands and the wives, how many of you have ever been in love? How many of you are still in love? Okay, I just want to make sure. <clears throat> now, as spouses, I hope that you enjoy lavishing upon your spouse the love, the grace, whatever. Now, our kids tell us often, get a room. <laughs> And that's all right, folks. Some people get nervous with, you know, uh, public displays of affection. You know, we live in that culture. If you don't like me kissing my wife in public, you have the opportunity to rotate your neck. 
and move. Look the other way. Because I really don't care. Because I'm not married to you. I'm married to my wife and I lavish upon her. There's nothing wrong with that. But in our culture, we have a hard time understanding that because we shy away from it. You know, for my culture, the French culture... I mean, we, we're not people who display. I mean, when my wife and I started dating after we got married and so forth, we started dating after we got married. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> when we would go out in public, she would reach for my hand. I don't mind holding her hand in the house. But I had a hard time holding her hand in public. And it's not that I didn't love her. It's just that my culture really, you know, men were men. We don't hold hands in public. Come on, we're men. But you know, she started getting agitated. And she was frustrated because I wouldn't show, uh, you know, in public a display of affection. And she started praying, for me, of course, that God would change me. (laughs) Wives, don't pray that way. Because God's going to speak to you. And God's going to tell you the same thing that he told my wife. I don't want to change him. I want to change you. Now, some say, wait a minute. That means she's going to get, you know, like me. No. When she started focusing on herself, letting God lavish upon her, guess what happened to me? I started lavishing upon her in public. It was like an automatic thing. I wasn't pressured into it. it. I mean, husbands, how many of you like your wives to pressure you to love them? I mean, can you feel the love? You know, it ain't happening. But, you know, now it's just, you know, I lavish upon her in public, in private. But again, you know, I've had adult Christian couples tell us, you guys shouldn't do that. It might offend somebody who may be having a rough time in their marriage. I wonder if they'd feel better if I slapped her in public. (laughs) I mean, maybe that wouldn't offend them. You understand what I'm saying? You know, and, and I'm at the point, listen, I feel if your marriage is not where it needs to be, but I'm not going to change my marriage for your marriage. I'm going to lavish. And again, I go back, just turn the other way and look at something else. I've got to move on. Lavish upon us His love, His grace, with all wisdom and understanding. And He has made known to us, verse 9, the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Christ. So, in Christ, God's got a will, a purpose, a plan. We are in Christ, so God's got a purpose, a plan, a will for every one of us. It is not the will of God for you as a born-again believer to sit in church once a week, twice a week, three times a week, whatever your your tradition is, and just sit there and hope. That the worship team or the preacher, the minister, the ministry team blesses your socks off once a week. That's not the will of God. But the will of God goes deeper than that. Yes, it's God's will that we gather together. Yes, it's God's will that we worship. Yes, it's God's will that we receive instruction or preaching and teaching. That's all part of God's will. But it goes deeper than that. There's a mystery that we have missed in the body of Christ. And this is what he starts developing to the church at Ephesus. He says here, the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. 
Jesus Christ did not just come to die on the cross for my sins. We've got to go deeper. Praise God, He did. But He rose from the dead. He didn't just rise. He ascended back to the Father. He didn't just ascend back to the Father. This is where it gets to the mystery. He sent His Holy Spirit. You remember the word? It's necessary. It's expedient that I go away. Because if I don't, He will not come. So, part of the mystery, a lot of Christians, you know, we, we thank God for you know, the cross and we, we glory in the cross. We thank God for the cross. But that's just the beginning of my blessed life. It's not the all in all. But the life in the Spirit is where I begin to understand and see the blessing, how to live that blessed life in God. And here's where it comes, verse 10. To be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. Now, we know that Jesus is the head of the body. There is an understanding a revelation that needs to come into our hearts that we begin to see that the head has raised up a body called the church. And the body functions because of the head. And the body itself begins to do the works of God in the earth. So we see that in Christ... All these things will be revealed. There's the purpose of God to be revealed. And He's bringing all things. You know those spiritual blessings that we may still struggle with? I'd encourage you to do a little bit of homework this week. From your experience, begin to list all the blessings that you feel are from the Word of God, that the blessings that we've been blessed with in Christ. Just do a little list. You'll find out that your list may be a little short. Because of maybe not enough experience or not enough maturity or not enough growth or not enough revelation, whatever it may be. But as we begin to allow God to reveal himself, that's why by the spirit of God, I begin to see, I begin to have the revelation of those blessings. And it's the will of God, the good pleasure of God, that all the spiritual blessings that are in Christ begin to connect with the body here on earth. So we begin to operate, we begin to walk like Christ. Now, if you've ever done a study on the life of Christ, you've read the Gospels, you find out that Christ did some unusual things. Think about it. Christ would heal the sick. Christ would preach hope, deliverance, raise the dead. Feed the multitudes. And there's all spiritual, all kinds of spiritual uh, truth in everything that he did. But there's also an actual um, happening. In other words, the dead weren't just raised spiritually. They were actually raised from the dead. Even though you can use that in a spiritual sense. So the things, the blessings from heaven come down here again. That in the times will have reached, when the times, excuse me, will have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven on earth. There was a song years ago through, by Hillsongs, and uh, it was called Touching Heaven, Changing Earth. 
And, and that's the whole message. If we touch heaven, we begin to recognize the blessings that are ours and enjoy the blessings, live in the blessings, live the blessed life, then we can change the earth around us. That's the fulfillment. You know, Jesus was one man. Jesus was a great blessing everywhere he went. Didn't matter if it was to a wedding. Didn't matter if it was to a funeral. He blessed. His blessings poured forth. I mean, went forth. And so, we have today the opportunity to respond like Christ did. Jesus said, I'm going away. And he said, it's necessary because I want to send the promise of the Father upon you, the Spirit. But he also taught his disciples one day that, listen, um, you marvel at these works. I'm paraphrasing. He said, greater works than these shall you do because I go away. Greater works. I mean, how can we do greater works in Christ? In other words, the body of Christ is not just here in this church. The body of Christ is worldwide. And so where you are, on the job, at work, wherever you may be, you are part of the body of Christ, hello, that is blessed with all spiritual blessing, that is seated in a place of authority in Christ. The devil is not over my head. The devil is under my feet. Every one of us. You know, there's been some damage in the body of Christ in the last 25, 30 years. We have over-glorified the powers of darkness to such a place that it's in this corner there's God, and in this corner there's the devil, and they've been going at it for a long time now, and it's been close. And that's not truth. That's just fantasy. In this corner there's God, and on the mat there's the devil. (laughs) That's the way we need to look at it. God is not duking it out for 15 rounds. He sent His Son and took care of it. It's done. So we are blessed. I'm seated, you're seated, in a place of authority. Because of God's blessing, because of Christ. Verse 11, I'm going to hurry on. In Him, in Christ, we were also chosen and have been predestined according to the plan of Him that works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will. Things are going as planned, folks. Jesus is not saying, Houston, we've got a problem. There's none of that going on. Things are going according to God's plan. So, oh, look at the world. Look at what's going on. Things are going according to God's plan. Read the book of Revelation. Especially the final chapter. You'll be blessed. <laughs> Things are going as planned. Yes, it's not pretty, but things are going as planned. God is revealing Himself. But here it's according to His plan, works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will, in order. I want you to see this now. In order that we who are the, who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise for, and His glory. And you, verse 13, and you also were included in Christ. When you heard the word of truth. When you responded to the message. Where were you when you responded? I know where I was when I responded to Christ in 1978. I've been made part of this plan of God. 
I've, I've been brought into this. You were, or you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, how many believed? You were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. I want to hear, uh, hear the word, okay? A deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. How many have ever been promised an inheritance and for some reason you lost it? Not a good feeling. But to have this guarantee, the Holy Spirit, we have been given. Listen, I'll read it again. Just so you, I'm not making this up. Who is a deposit? The Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. The Holy Spirit we've been sealed with is that guarantee. Listen, I'm not going out the back door. I'm in this thing. I'll continue to be in this thing. Jesus Christ, because of His life and sacrifice, has allowed me to respond to every pleasure, the will, the plan of God. I am blessed. You are blessed. I've got an inheritance, that fullness of the inheritance that I'm going to experience someday. So will you. Well, if I can just make heaven by the skin of my teeth, I'll be happy. That's not the mindset that we need. That's not the mindset that Christ had. Again, remind yourself of the life of Christ through the Gospels. You'll see it's a different, it's a different attitude than what we carry sometimes. We are God's possession. Amen? We belong to God. You know, in order for me to live, the ble- to live a blessed life, i got to know what the blessings are. How many of you have bought a new iPhone in the last two months and you've never had one before? Or how many of you remember buying your first iPhone? How many of you are still learning how to operate it? <laughs> Hello? Or, you know, for those of you that are saved, your galaxy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Listen, those things, I, I look at mine. I got a smartphone. You've heard people say it's smarter than I am. I, I've got a smartphone. You know, and I've learned how to operate the basics. I can call you. Recently, I've learned how to, listen to this now. Be talking to somebody on the phone and actually go to my contacts or another app while they're still on the phone without having to hang up. I used to hang up, so I'll, you know, I'll call you back. Ask Lee, I've even learned how to text. <laughs> I don't like texting, but that option is there. You understand what I'm saying? All these benefits of that phone does more than. You know, the old computers of the 60s could ever dream of doing. You know, that phone, if I'm lost. Hi, Google. I can ask a question and it talks back to me. 
It tells me what I want to know. Yeah, you ask your wife, but she's not always with me. Listen, it tells me I'm over here. It's got me on the map. I need to go here. These are benefits of this smartphone. But you know, Jemima, I mean, she knows the ins and outs of iPads and phones and stuff. And, and she, she was showing something the other day. She was, you know, tapping. She was doing like all this stuff. And, you know, the screen would change and all this stuff would happen. It's like, really? I've had a tablet for years now. I didn't know you could do that. What is she doing? She's searching out the blessings that are available to her on this gadget. Can you imagine if we search out the blessings that are ours in Christ? How blessed. My wife, when she got her first iPad, all of a sudden the screen, the screen went big. She doesn't know how. And she's trying to, you know, bring it back. And she does, I mean, for hours she's trying to play with this and get it back. And she asked Jamina, I said, Jamina, do you know how I can fix this? Jamima took three fingers and went tap, tap, tap. That was it. Screen came back to normal. Some of you didn't know that. You're going to try that, right? Listen, in Christ, we sometimes don't dig in, don't research. We come to church. We expect everybody else to find out for us what the blessings of God are, but we don't research ourselves. And there's so much available in Christ. And say, well, you know, I know how to turn it on. I'm saved. Hello? I know how to play my music. I know how to worship God with my iPad. You know, but we keep it basic. You know, send a little text here. Go on Facebook, because that's the real reason that the iPad was created. It was for Facebook. There's so much more available. But we don't tap in. The blessings. If I want to live the blessed life, I've got to know what the blessings are. I can't enjoy the blessings if I don't know what they are. I can't enjoy the fullness of the iPad or the Galaxy tablet or whatever you have unless I know what it can do. Unless I study and I research, I begin to, you know, get involved in this thing, then I begin to know. This is great. This is a blessing. It's not just something I carry around for. Facebook. Hello? The blessings that are in Christ. How many of you want to live a greater life, a greater blessed life than what you're living now? All of us should have our hands up. None of us have arrived. Some of us may have been, may, may be further along today than what we were last year because we're doing just that. We're digging in. We're searching out. Man, you know, it's like Christmas time. I know there's another present under that tree for me. You know, I know there's another blessing in here for me. I know there's something more, something deeper. Praise God. I want to live the blessed life. I'm going to have to read the operating manual. I'm going to have to experience the presence of God more. The revelation of the Spirit in my life. Today, before I close the service... I want to pray certain prayers over this congregation, over you as individuals. I, um, again, I'm so thankful for your new chapter that is upon you. You know, some of you have read books, right, that you get to one chapter and I wonder what's going to happen in the next chapter. Guess what? It's upon you. But you're going to flip the page.
and start reading. Start participating in this and watch what God is going to do. I have said it for years even before I stepped foot into this church or in this region. God's intended purpose for this region. God's got a purpose for every region. Well, guess what? You're here in this region, so God's got a purpose for you. Sometimes we may mess up the purposes of God, but the purpose of God remains. And, you know, in our own lives, we've messed up. We've done this, we've done that, and we thought we got, you know, derailed for eternity. Well, God brings us back on track. Praise God. But I want to pray for this church. You are stepping in. Next week, we're going to be commissioning Pastor Quentin and Jennifer. Pastor Al and his wife will be here. Pastor Al will be preaching the Word. And together we will participate in this. It's a serious thing. It's not just he's going to show up Monday morning and punch a clock and show up for work. There is a spiritual significance. God has sent this congregation, this region, the man of God, that he has purposed even before Quentin was born. Think about that. But praise God. We respond to His will. We respond to His plan. And I want to pray for you. And and before I do, again, I want to thank you for your warm reception, even from day one. For your willingness to stick with it. Your willingness to watch God at work. Listen, I like riding on a smooth road. But life ain't smooth. <laughs> Hello? Life ain't... How many, how many have been to the construction sites where they've dug it up and they're filling up and they're you know, trying to get things ready for the new pavement? It's not a nice... It's dusty. It's dirty. It's bumpy. It's rough. I mean, you, you find some rattles in your vehicle that you didn't know you had. But all of a sudden, the new pavement comes in. But you know, in life, in churches, things happen like this. But thank God that we continue. I've avoided certain roads in Arusa County this summer <laughs> because they're doing just that. But I know, I'm looking, I'm looking ahead, you know. There are going to be some speeding tickets given on this road, you know, in the future, because it's going to be a nice road. It's going to be an awesome road. You understand what I'm saying? I thank God for what He's done here. Thank God for you people. We will continue to remain connected with you. My wife and I will be here next Sunday, of course, but beyond that. And uh, at the invitation of your pastor and, and the team, you know, we'll continue to be a part because there's a connection that's been made, and we're not just going to punch out and leave. Understand that? Okay. So whether you want it or not, guess what? We're connected. We're connected. So again, thank you for your warm and gracious welcome. And and you're willing to, at times, even when everything was so muddy and cloudy and foggy, to be able to walk through it. You're welcome. But thank you. I'm thanking you now. Thank you. Thank you. I'm thanking you. I'm thanking you. So praise the Lord. Let's stand together, please. I want to pray for this congregation as, as, uh, before I close the service and, and uh, also for the future of Celebration Life. Hello? The future. The future. Praise God. Father, we give you the praise today. We thank you. For your faithfulness to us as individuals. 
We thank You of how You've worked in us. We've all grown in this process. We thank You, Lord, for this region. We thank You for the plan, the purpose, the will that You've already established for this region. And You're looking for a people. You're looking for believers who will respond. But Father, today I declare blessings upon every person here. As we learn to walk and enjoy and experience and have revelation of your blessings for us. Our part in this picture, where we fit, where we belong. I thank you, Lord, that you reveal these things to us. There's one body and one head. We give you praise. We declare that the future of this work, this church, will be better than what we can even anticipate today. Because of your people walking together in your plan for your pleasure. We thank you, Lord. We speak blessings upon the board. We speak blessings upon every member of this church. Every person who's connected with this church. Father, blessings, Lord, for their service, for their time. And Father, we thank you. But the best is yet to come. We declare it in the name of Jesus. We declare it today in the name of Jesus. As Pastor Quentin and Jennifer and the family travel, even today, Lord, and tomorrow, we pray protection upon them, blessings upon them, Lord. Watch over them, Lord. And Father, we thank you that you've called them to this place for your good pleasure. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed. And we will, well, we'll see some of you this week. Claudia and I are in the area this week. We're on vacation, but we're staying here in the area and we're going to be um, seeing places we've never seen before and probably never see again. But we're going to be here in town, so you have my number if you want to call. We're on vacation. It'll go directly to voicemail. And, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And someday, someday we'll, we'll figure out how to 